0: Thank <laughs> you. Beautiful souls, welcome to jazz up your life with Judy. This is your host, Judy Anderson. I'm so very happy to see you here today, and it really makes me very happy that you are taking time out of your busy lives to join us today. And I know you will not be disappointed because our guest today is so very, very special. It's it's an honor to have you join us today, and it's an honor to have our guest today. He's um if i you know if I was not the host but a listener, I'd definitely be here too <laughs> for our guest he's such a beautiful soul that I so much admire and love and respect for the work that he does in the world, while just remaining a just beautiful, humble soul, and so Yes, I am talking about Dr. Jean Ang. He is with us again. He focuses primarily on the Arcturian healing method, and he's been trained in a number of healing modalities, including chronic healing, reconnective healing, reconnection, shamanic healing. And in addition, he teaches a number of seminars that focus on the integration of science, spirituality, and healing. He was formerly formerly trained as a neurobiologist at Yale University, where he earned his doctorate in basic mechanisms of how the brain develops, followed by a postdoctoral fellowship on how ultrasound can affect the developing cerebral cortex. After his postdoctoral fellowship, he decided to step into the role of a facilitator of healing In order to directly interact with helping people, most of his work centers around the use of subtle energy to help align the subtle energy body, its channels, meridians, and energy centers to help restore balance and harmony so that healing can occur, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, and or spiritual. Gene really doesn't see himself as the healer, but simply as part of the interconnectedness that occurs when facilitator, client, and source love, God, all interact to bring healing forth. He sees his teaching engagements and seminars as an extension of the interaction that occurs on multiple di- dimensions to bring wholeness and understanding. To all involved, and he'll probably be doing a process later on in the show. So you definitely, definitely want to be around for that because his 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 work is so powerful. I absolutely love it. Um, so he so you do want to stay around for that. So his interview topic today is Arcturian Veils to Awakening. So everyone, just send a lot of love to our wonderful guest today, Dr. Jean Ang. Welcome, Jean. So glad to have you back with us. Hi, Judy. Hi, everyone.
1: Yeah, it's really special. I really enjoy uh, your talks and all your seminars that you give with the Telesummits. And I think I'm not even sure the number we're on in terms of the (laughs) end here, but it's a great, it's a really special time.
0: Yes, it is. And as I told him, Gene, before the show, I said, I could have you on every single week. (laughs) Because my life has been totally transformed. Uh, He has a, a program that I worked with, and it just changed my life dramatically. And I'm so very, very grateful for it. So he's worked very powerful, very clear, very clean. And I love that about him. So. So, Jane, um, you know, I know we do have some new people who've joined the Jazzup community recently. So, would you please share with us anything you feel would be beneficial for them to know additionally about you and your path and perhaps would assist others on their path?
1: Well, yeah, I was uh, reflecting as you were um, speaking the uh, bio, and thank you for sharing that, uh, you know, on my own path. and. Particularly, I came from science, and I think a lot more people are emerging out of professions you wouldn't necessarily say are in the spiritual or energy healing realm, and then also maybe making a slight pivot or even a large pivot into holistic health, uh, healing, energy healing, meditation, and yoga, uh, all the way to like a full-time facilitator. So I think there's that global shift that's happening. And for me, that occurred around, uh, you know, the, the main, I think, pivot point was around 2012. And then I left basically or moved away from, uh, science at the postdoctoral level around 2008. So it took about four years. I think I was being trained, uh, you know, taking various classes and trainings that you mentioned, as well as, um, starting to facilitate healings and some courses. And then 2012, uh, as I, I recall, was sort of uh, in sort of what I was doing was particularly the Arcturian healing method kind of was born at that time or kind of came onto the physical plane. And from that point on, I think I was in that service role more full time until now. Uh, so just to kind of mention, I think what what's really happening on the planet overall is, is people are taking a much more mindful, deeper approach and As I've seen now more recently, you know, very advanced uh, trainings people are taking uh, overall, not just uh, a few people, but I think more on a group level. So I think what we're seeing is maybe people uh, knew before maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, meditation was sort of and yoga was a little bit less, uh, you know, well-known in the general public. And maybe 10 years, 15 years ago, uh starting then, it became quite well-known, you know, if you're in a major city, you you're easily will find a yoga studio and even uh, com- combined with mindfulness meditation, which is now, you know, in business and military and so forth. And what I'm reflecting on is now the shift, you know, when is that inflection, a similar inflection point going to happen for energy healing? And I think we're really approaching that. Uh, which is a beautiful thing. So I think I've been kind of in the field a little bit over a decade actively, and maybe in the next uh, couple years or definitely within the next decade, uh, you know, people on social media or young people, also kids, will have even an energy model in place. And so it'll be an interesting time.
0: Yes, I know when I'm on social media, I mention energy healing. Uh, People, you know, they they uh, usually know what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. it, it is a great change. And yes, it's, it yeah, I know meditation used to be weird. You know, people thought it was really weird or, you know, not not really good to do or something. It was, it was scary. But you're mm-hmm. so right. Things have changed so much. Thankfully, thankfully. So I'm looking forward to even greater changes now. So, Your topic today, Arterian Veils to Awakening. So what do you mean by Veils to Awakening? What what does that mean to you, Gene?
1: Yeah, I think this is a great topic, you know, in this overall shift. And probably the, you know, group that we've been talking to on the call and everyone here have been on the path. Maybe, you know, like I was mentioning, not only years, but decades, you know, working with different modalities. Uh, practices, and uh, there's kind of one or two, maybe three uh, sort of points of um, inflection I was thinking about for this topic that made it very relevant to me, and so I'll just share those uh, personally. Uh, One, I studied with a school called ClairVision, and uh, probably people on the call who've heard other calls have heard me mention this uh, initiation meditation school started by Samuel Sagan, and every school has their own methodology, and uh, they uh, develop the clairvoyant abilities very deeply, you know, through the chakras, particularly the third eye, but not just that. And uh, they also uh, have very deep meditations and are able to uh, kind of map and access uh, very high states of consciousness in their training, which I think a lot of different schools now are you know, really sharing those deeper techniques. But one of the things that Samuel Sagan mentioned in their style of meditating is you keep the body still. Like if you you choose to do a 30- or 50-minute meditation, uh, there is a goal not to move, you know, not even to like, uh, you know, scratch an itch on your face. Uh, There's some Eastern schools that are like that also. And one of the reasons for that, you know, this fidgeting, even slight fidgeting, is When you start to enter very deep states of consciousness, uh, there's almost a fear. Uh, It's subconscious at first, and that's why we want to move. Uh, We want even slightly. We might want to, like, scratch our ear or kind of just move our hands around. And actually what that subconscious fear is is that we actually are fearing that deep state because if we were to stay still, one of the things is we keep going deeper into that state of consciousness so even though it might seem like a you know very practical uh, maybe even a small point it actually reflects something quite deep in terms of our spiritual path uh, particularly if you've been kind of working with your consciousness and spirituality for you know some sustained time And then maybe I'll share a second uh, point that kind of brought this up for me. And um, I've been, you know, a student of, you could say, of The Course in Miracles, a very independent study. Uh, I think it had a lot of uh, insight and effect, and it's quite a deep uh, book. Uh, I don't think everyone uh, necessarily is drawn to it, although a lot of people have been affected by it. And uh, one of the things that one of the teachers of the course that i followed a lot, his name is Kenneth Wapnick, he's passed from his physical body, but he has a lot of, he helped sort of the scribes or the authors bring through the course in the beginning. And I think he has a deep understanding of the metaphysics of the course. But uh, him and his wife, Gloria, would teach. And one of the things they used to say is, you know, if you really were ready for awakening, you, you really wouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> because, uh, you know, and it, and it, there's a, it's a kind of a Course in Miracles joke because you kind of would have to understand their full metaphysics. But in kind of short, you know, the reason, course, according to the Course's uh, sort of metaphysics, is we've uh, taken on this sort of incarnation, this body this ego because we really were scared of being one with uh, god or source or love or this oneness and so we're sort of hiding out here and we're using all our different problems and issues as a subconscious way to really keep the ego in place so which is this separation consciousness and so it really doesn't matter what the problem is it could be a small problem big problem but uh we we as long as the ego has something issue, it kind of can keep that separation in place, particularly with relationships. So I think you know what what Gloria was kind of trying to say is that uh you know we are scared it, you know, if we wanted to take the step, we could take it right now, we just wouldn't be here anymore, we'd kind of enter the oneness with the God, and uh so it's still kind of a metaphysical presentation, but I think the deeper understanding is you know, we're slowly. Uh, we've taken – so so it would be too scary to do that, you know, to all of a sudden enter oneness in a sustained way. And maybe, yes, our whole story about who we are would disappear. So we kind of take it slowly, which is a good point, a good practical point. Uh, no one would probably just want to, like, uh, poof and go, you know, go away. <laughs> but uh, the the deeper uh, point on spirituality, I think, is important so that we can kind of see what I'm calling veils here, some of these ways we distract ourselves from moving forward in the spiritual path uh, because we don't even know that we're actually distracting ourselves uh, and, and it even can seem pleasurable to do some of these things. Um, so that, that was uh, some of the impetus for this topic.
0: Yes, yeah, so so you're probably addressing those people who say, you know, I've done so much. I've bought these packages. I've meditated. I've done to, gone to seminars, et cetera, et cetera, for decades. And I just feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah, that, you know, that, that's, yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know if oh, there yeah. was a, if you wanted to, yeah, yeah, but I would agree with that. I don't know if there was a further kind of uh, question there, but yes, I would agree with that. And I can also comment on that if you want.
0: Oh, please do.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely in that boat. You know, I, I, uh, I like, I still enjoy uh, taking trainings and so forth. And, um, and I understand that and I offer quite a lot, you know, maybe more than, uh, can be digested <laughs> by a single person. Uh, yeah, at least that was in the comment. But, um, but there's, there's a reason for that too. Uh, and just to say, I think there are, uh, windows of time, you know, like at a, at a certain point in time, the amount of work I have been doing here, I was doing that same amount of work in neuroscience, you know, which is, um, for people who have been in academia or any kind of, well, we've all had a very, you know, um, deep, uh, probably, topic that we've worked on. But, you know, that doesn't last, I recognize, you know, because now I'm here in healing. So I think when those windows open, you've got to, because I think they open from the divine and the multidimensional world. You have to, almost like an artist, uh, when they know their art is coming through from those higher levels, you just kind of want to keep that uh, faucet you know going because you don't know when that faucet closes because you're not in conscious control of that but um but back to your question i think what you you make a, a great point i think that's one of the things also as a practical and deeper aspect of this topic is we have so many choices now on the spiritual path uh very authentic choices and uh, you know i was commenting the other day in a class we probably have more practices that we've all really personally learned that we could probably do uh, in any one day from the short term and even in this life. So it's uh, one of the thing, um, aspects of this uh, spiritual discernment, which is important, is to find out exactly which practices do we need uh, to focus on them. And sometimes, you know, to take a kind of a, a bare essence or extreme view, we, you could probably take a one very simple practice, and if you just did it enough, uh, it would probably take you very far in terms of your awakening or spiritual evolution. So I think these are some of – we're identifying, you know, making these conscious, uh, some of the issues that we're all facing on the spiritual path, which I think are uh, important uh, issues to uh, identify and work with.
0: You know, there are so many things. A person could work all day on all of the things that we know. I know my sister one time said, Judy, you know, so many of those things, you have so many gadgets and all these things, you'll probably live forever because, you know, there's so much that, you know, knowledge and and tools and, and things that a person can work, use with, use for their enlightenment. And it's, oh, wow yeah it's a full time job Gene. oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so so uh what are some of the techniques perhaps that uh, can you share that would um unco- uncover these subconscious path patterns
1: yeah exactly I think you know in segue to that question that you just answered and so what we what we were just discussing with the availability and, you know, um, kind of flood of spiritual and a very authentic spiritual processes in in terms of these veils is one is identifying these veils, uh, to awakening, uh, which I think is half the technique, uh, that we're not really even sure because if they stay subconscious and, and I said, they even can be pleasurable, uh then maybe then we're not sort of moving forward there's an appearance of moving forward so we just focus on maybe what's very relevant you know to myself to people here on the topic is uh we can we distract ourselves basically like when we're getting close to the you know these um deeper states of consciousness of awakening you know just like uh, on a micro level when you're meditating and you want to for whatever reason subconsciously or consciously want to move your body uh, it's because you're you're going deeper, and it kind of – there's this feeling – it's almost similar to, like, jumping out of a plane or um, disappearing. You, you kind of fear that, and it could be subconscious that so you do the movement. So the other way on a more macro level is we um, – let's say we learn a very authentic practice, and we're doing it now. We're on our, you know, 15th practice session, and, one, we start to feel bored. And this is, we need to identify consciously that this is just like moving your body when you're, you know, with that technique from Clairvision You want to go find something else. And uh, because that boredom is actually some of your ego disappearing, you know, because the ego is always looking for an issue. It could be a negative issue, but it also could be a positive issue, something that seems very pleasurable. So we kind of start jumping. Uh, from, like, uh, workshop to workshop, and I'm speaking from experience. So, you know, like the <laughs> high of going the one workshop, and then, you know, it seems boring after a while, you're doing the same technique, you know, uh, and then you jump to the next. So, which is great. I mean, I think there's a very positive aspect because uh, our soul does need to learn. Um, but you need to also watch out for the fact, particularly with practice, that um, it's not because because you could be entering very deep states, that then you you subconsciously fear and then you distract yourself. So um, I didn't really cover technique per se unless, you know, just the, that self-knowledge is, is like I mentioned, half the technique.
0: Yeah, you know, you're talking about how, how we have these fears and we want to move and stuff. It reminded me of one of my first big seminars that I did in New York City. It was a two-weekend affair. And I was new to all of this. And <laughs> the trainers asked if anyone had any concerns or anything about, you know, being there and everything. I raised my hand and said, Oh gosh, I think I may have left my, <laughs> I may have left my iron on. <laughs> and he looked at me, he said, Well, by now the house is burned down, so it really doesn't matter, does it? But it was like wanting to escape from that room, you know, because of what was going to happen. You know, the fear of what was going to happen. Mm, and a mm-hmm. lot and a lot a lot did happen in that seminar. A lot, a whole lot. It really woke me up. So but it was interesting that I thought my I, my iron was was still on and I should go check. <laughs> <laughs> oh guys. Oh what okay, am I doing? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so um so in our everyday life how do you incorporate what you know and and how do you incorporate awakening in your own life gene how can yeah we do that mm-hmm.
1: i like uh it's great how you shared that story i'll just share one really quick because i think it's part of the you know greater pattern here i think I, there was an initiation. It was a Buddhist initiation. At the time, I was living in Connecticut, and it was happening in, like, a Santa Cruz. So I flew all the way out there. It's like a weekend. And, yes, the thing scared the socks out of me because after the first <laughs> evening, um I was, like, I just, like, was going to walk out of the retreat center. And I was actually walking down the road, you know, that, to find a taxi. I, but this is, like, in the middle of, like, Santa Cruz, like, a uh, forest And – Luckily, uh, this uh, person on the retreat, in a very kind way, who was driving the other way, saw me, you know, pulling my luggage, and he knew exactly the situation. And he just goes like, "Where are you going?" I was like, oh, "I just I want to go up there." He's like, "Why don't you just get in?" And so he knew it without making me feel shameful. And he, um, you know, just took me back, and so I did the <laughs> remainder of the, uh, the initiation, uh, and which happens to be, you know, this is like over ten years ago, happens to be one of my main practices now, and so I'm, it has had a lot of deepening effects. So this is, I'm just saying, uh, you know, back to our topic. You know, we have these fears, and people probably are, you know, laughing because either, uh, well, of course, this is funny, uh, my story, but maybe they have similar. <laughs> Where you know we get close to what we we all want to you know be spiritually awakened or we get close to the goal and it doesn't even have to be a spiritual goal you know like you know we get close to our goal and then uh, the fears come in and we do these little uh, you know sabotage type things we just need to be aware and like you said like uh, be kind and and uh, joyous or. You know, happy and laughing about ourselves, and you know, just kind of keep on, keep on trucking. But <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> down the road
0: you with your suitcase. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, oh, it was, I uh, love that. It was scene. Oh it my was gosh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that should be an encouragement to everyone. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, uh, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, back to the oh, yeah, um. <laughs> question. I don't want to avoid
1: the question, but, you know, some of the practical, you know, we can say a couple of things about that. Uh, right. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think one of the things is, you know, identifying that uh, awakening is sort of, uh, is involving this dissolution of our, you know, the boundaries we've put up to separate our self, what, whether that's the ego self, the physical self. And um, that we will encounter as we go deeper, whether it's on a micro, like, you know, meditation session or macro, you know, like going to a retreat, um, uh, ways that, you know, that um, dissolving, which is all part of the process, feels a little bit like a a death, you know, uh, and so there's a fear because we're very used to this uh, contracted sense of self. It gives us a little bit of – it gives us security. uh, And so as we kind of open up to others – Uh, or open up to the divine or what I'm saying, these deeper states of consciousness, there can be a small ways that we uh, sort of move away from that or kind of maybe pause before we, as we try to go forward. And so one of the things is besides identifying that, which we talked, you know, quite a bit about now, is, uh, you know, having maybe a daily uh, regular practice uh, where you are facing that, and so that could be a meditation practice, it could be a walking practice, it could be um it could be even exercise, uh, you know, physical exercise, but somewhere where you're um letting those distractions disappear, you're focused, you're allowing yourself to enter a deep state. So I mean, now there's these practices for like even sleep states called Yoga Nidra, which is very a uh, powerful practice, like a sleep yoga, and to recognize that really what you want to do is um, have those chances to keep going into deeper states of consciousness to actually see those times where you're pulling yourself back, either consciously or subconsciously. And that's all part of the, you know, um, way to kind of move forward on this, on some, one, one of the ways of practical levels is the sort of habitual practice. Uh, We can talk more about this kind of habit, this, Uh, spiritual practice habit. But I would say that would be one of the most powerful ways.
0: Okay, great. Beneficial to hear that. Yes. So the veils to awakening, how do we affect it by energy work? Mm -hmm. Do you have some examples?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, I I didn't mention in my kind of like when you asked about the opening bio about the you know, connection to the Arturian being so much unpacking that. But I think when we uh, work with sort of higher states of consciousness, uh, um, beings who are awake in themselves, uh, whether that – it doesn't matter which of the traditions, each one – each person probably knows usually it's a karmic connection or through time who they keep, you know, kind of coming back to. They know this is like a friendship, whether that's Archangel Michael or – Raphael or a Buddhist deity or Arcturians or whoever it might be. So they understand that awakening state. They probably understand these processes. So before you start your meditation or healing session, uh addressing these issues, you might what they usually call it an invocation. You can invoke for God or source or love or the divine or the void, you know, sort of this unity consciousness, and then ask for like one or two of those higher beings who are awakened. And then to ask them to help you in this path of awakening, uh, recognizing these subconscious fears, you know, even to what we want is really the topic uh, here. And then uh, they can also kind of present us in a way, I think it's like what, you know, the word I'm hearing is titration, you know, similar to in in chemistry where you sort of let uh, one of the reagents, you don't just dump it all into the flask at once because it could just like blow up or something you know the reaction <laughs> is too powerful <laughs> uh, which maybe is very uh, appropriate here so you just like slowly uh you know drop in one of the reagents so you know it's just sort of uh condensing and not you know, you know reacting too quickly i think the same thing that's why i did that daily practice it could even be short but where you're really exposing yourself to these deeper layers of consciousness which are very you know subconsciously fearful because we feel we're dissolving, but you do it slowly uh so that you're kind of just rubbing away at that veil or or that subconscious fear, and those those beings can help uh present you uh to you in a graceful way that that process
0: okay now you you practice a lot the Arcturian healing method and and I had thought in earlier on I was going to ask you. You have an Arcturian connection. How did that come about, Jean? I'm not sure if I've ever really heard that from you.
1: Yeah, that, that, that was interesting. Um, so kind of the, the highlights of that on a timeline scale. Uh, before I started, I, so I started graduate school in 19, uh, the Ph.D. Uh, study in 1999. So around probably 98, I was always interested in spirituality, but not um Maybe I would say the multi-dimensional. I didn't really have that ET, uh, UFO, star being consciousness, you know, in place. Mm-hmm. Like and I had been studying the Course in Miracles since college. So, anyways, I had bought this book um, by Joshua David Stone on ascension, and uh, he was—he's very Arcturian, if people know this uh, ascension writer. He also has passed from his physical body, I think, in the '90s. Uh, and uh, somewhere in there, he writes about enlightened arcturians pleiadians and all these different star beings but because it really wasn't in my radar it probably just went it just kind of went over my head okay Mm -hmm. so that um I, i was would call is the first activation i didn't realize i was getting activated so 1999 i didn't go into healing until 2005 was was kind of the opening and then um not really uh, doing any at the cusp of realizing about sort of other beings, other star beings, until about 2008. So in 2008, then, uh, so I was in my kitchen, and this is kind of one of those maybe uh, subtle but profound moments. You know, and, I, mm-hmm. and like most people, I listen to an intuitive voice. And I just heard a voice say that you're Arcturian. So I had been doing energy healing, but not, not any type of star being healing. And I didn't even remember where I heard that word, Arturian. And then it took some time. I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. But it, And it took some time to realize that I actually had read it in that book by Joshua David Stone, let's see, maybe nine years prior. So these activations, one of the things I wanted to point out is, you know, when you get a transmission or activation, your soul knows when it needs to unpack. Because I probably couldn't have done anything with that. Uh, transmission you know back in 1998 uh because i was starting this you know intense uh, you know mm-hmm. science training so it kind of my soul waited until the appropriate time it's kind of the way i look at it uh reflecting back so just as in a nutshell how it progressed forward i kept it in the back of my mind but the things that accelerated it was um I studied the reconnection that you mentioned, which uh, is uh, started by Eric Pearl, which is Palladian-based. So that was another kind of star being energy and consciousness and got really deep into that, particularly the reconnection. Uh, I read this book called The Book of Knowledge, The Keys of Enoch, which is also a kind of a transmission-based book by J.J. Hertog, and also that has a very multidimensional, angelic, uh, whole light being, star being uh, framework. And then finally I went out – or two more things – I studied with Stephen Greer. This is when it was becoming very conscious because he contacts uh, star beings, ET beings. You have all these sightings at different sacred sites. So I went to Joshua Tree and two at Mount Shasta. And then finally, for, for as a technique um, training, I did a three-year training with the Sh- uh, Foundation for Shamanic Studies, which really taught me how to contact spiritual beings this, in this technique through shamanic journeying. And that was how I kind of contacted the Arcturians consciously. So this was now maybe three or four years since that experience uh, in the kitchen with the intuition that I was Arcturian, but not really knowing what that meant. So, so that was that's kind of the in a nutshell the the progression.
0: Okay, great. Well, thanks for sharing that. I had I don't know if you've ever talked about that. I don't know. I just remember. I can still remember the moment that you told me some years ago, I am Ar- Arcturian, and I I remember that moment. <laughs> now, I don't know what else you had said about it, but I remember that moment when you told me I am Arcturian. It's, oh, <laughs> so well, <laughs> it makes it funny, is. What, funny what we remember. Yeah, so, so now the Arcturians, they can support us, I know, with uh, the issue avails to awakening, right? Oh, yes, yes.
1: I, um, you know, in general, I would say any awakened being. So so you kind of need to be at that state of consciousness to help. So, um, and, you know, I happen to work with the Arcturians, but I just put that, you know, statement for because some people will feel very, have a resonance with working the Arcturians, but maybe some other people like maybe work with, jesus or christ or mary or you know some uh like the medicine buddha or tara or uh you know muhammad and so whatever being who is in that unity state of consciousness can help you uh you know in this process but now kind of back to the arcturians the way uh, my connection with the arcturians sort of i think each person sort of brings their gifts and their maybe the way they're set up to this uh, different way of working with um you know kind of co-creating with higher beings and so since i was more focused on energy healing uh the way the arcturians tend to come through uh in my connection with them is more through energies or frequencies that can you know help in certain intentions and like so there's some frequencies here to help with this intention to identify and dissolve these veils to awakening but like um other people who, for example, connected to the Arcturians, maybe they're more like a like a psychotherapist. So maybe the Arcturians come through their words, you know, when they're talking to their client, or um, maybe they're a sound healer. And so the uh, energies and consciousness of the Arcturians, because that's their expertise as a person uh, here, comes through their singing bowls or through their voice. So there's various ways to allow. Uh, enlightened state of consciousness of uh, other beings come through. And the term I use, you know, is called contacted, uh, whether it's contacted writing or contacted healing. So you're connected or contacted to a higher uh, being who you're kind of working or co-creating with and and bringing that, in this case, awakened state of consciousness and frequencies. And in this case, I I tend to package them through uh, energy healing frequencies.
0: Okay, so talking about these energy healing frequencies, would you like to do something for the whole group right now?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is part of, of course, we always have a offering, and I try to, you know, present a new offering based on this uh, new topic.
0: Right, but the, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we can experience some of that here, which, you know, people can use. As a, in, in, I know a lot of people will have access to this as a recording or are listening to this as a recording, but if you – you know, want to play this at some point uh, beyond what we're going to get here, which of course will be effective, but uh, before your meditation, or you know, even after, uh, just as a way to continue to, because it's really a process of this. Like I said, you know, slow drip. You know, it's it's probably not something we can immediately enter the awakened state, because like kind of Gloria Wapnick, who was Ken Wapnick's wife, was jokingly, but kind of in some ways seriously saying. Uh, It would just be too fearful, you know, to kind of immediately enter, like, a oneness state in a sustained way. Okay, so uh, this is called the Arcturian Veils to Awakening Frequency. And, um, you know, it'll be about five minutes, and people can feel that energy. If if some of our conversation made, you know, sense to you or is relevant, you may have specific um, examples of where you feel maybe you're avoiding uh, taking that next step uh in in terms of unity uh or if this is you want it to be more global or you don't want it to say set a specific intention you can just i call it the quantum intention you just let the intelligence the divine intelligence of the frequencies work where they need to right so you probably won't hear me speak too much when the frequencies are occurring if this is new uh, but you'll hear me start it and also particularly end the process You can, if you like, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. That just uh, expands your energy field, connects your front and back energy channels. Just like as if you're in a meditation or receiving an energy healing, uh, you could just relax and be aware of whatever you notice. We're starting the Arcturian veils to awakening frequencies and this particular frequency is a way for the arcturians or your particular guides who are awakened to slowly but surely help us to move towards that unity consciousness and particularly to dissolve our personal or particular fears or blocks that keep us from entering that deeper state continue to channel the Arcturian veils to awakening. We're entering a second deepening cycle. and let these energies bathe all our seven subtle bodies physical, etheric, emotional, mental, causal, spiritual, and divine. As if the light of the divine can be too bright sometimes. So we slowly expose ourselves to that brightness, getting more and more used to the immensity, the intensity of the deeper states of unity consciousness. This frequency with the assistance of the Arcturians is helping us to have those experiences. Also, ultimately coming from our soul's plan, our soul's intention. Now we're entering the final third deepening cycle of exposure. You may even feel yourself now dropping into a deeper non-dual awareness state. getting more and more used to this free flowing state. Now we dedicate the energies and merit of this positive experience and also effort on all our parts to our complete and full awakening as soon as possible in order to help others awaken. When you feel comfortable, you can open your eyes and snap your fingers.
0: Wonderful. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Jane. And would you repeat what you said about dedicating it to others? That was so beautiful. It came and went. Could you repeat that, please?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, So I said uh, we dedicate the energy and the merits of coming together and also making the effort to awaken to help us fully awaken as soon as possible to help others awaken
0: amen i love that Mm -hmm. thanks Uh, yes love that so oh wow Hmm. okay wipe my tears out of my eyes (laughs) oh that was wonderful did everyone love that oh wow you know if anyone has any questions you can press star too. That would raise your hand, and you can ask any question or submit them on the webcast. But now I think, why don't we go to the wonderful offering that you are are um, offering everyone. I've got it on my calendar already. <laughs> but um, if you go to jazzupyourlifewithjudy.com forward slash gene, and then number 24, you'll see the Arcturian Depth Transmissions. Now these, um, I know so many of you have already taken his sessions. He, he does these programs, and he has, like, for three days. And this one is January 15th, sixteen, and 17th. And it goes for two hours. And it's really, really fantastic. He had one that he did uh, early Early this year, and it totally changed my life it just it just uh opened me up to to my feelings and um in fact i, I well, I guess it'll be okay with Eugene. I think I will put the link to that particular program in our email that goes out so in case you're facing any depression, grief, or anxiety, it's a phenomenal program and um But now we're looking at this one that is going to propel us forward and dealing with all of these blocks, subconscious and other ways that we have. So, Jean, tell us a bit about this wonderful program. Yeah, uh,
1: thanks. Yeah, that'll be great if people wanted to also explore that uh, other program. Of course, it was uh, very important topics. Uh, Yeah, grief, depression, anxiety. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah they'll that, be opening
0: up right in the... I'll, to, oh, I'll, I'll just ahead. mention it. I had gone through uh, about two and a half years of my sister being in the hospital and then pa- passing away, and I never cried until Jean. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to hold those emotions in your body because they're going to do something in your body. And so it was Jean that... Uh, During a show, we did a process, and it was so powerful. And that program really, really, you know, opened me up, and I'm sure it saved me from some physical distress later on. So uh, thank you, Jean. That was wonderful. So, okay, now to the present day. Now this new program.
1: Yeah, thanks. uh, Yeah, so this starts out on the, you know, the beginning of the year, uh january 15th through 17th the live calls uh and it's called the Arcturian depth transmission and we're really going deeper energetically consciously with the topics we covered here and we got a you know a small but uh sort of fractal taste of that with the the transmission we just did for five minutes Uh, But uh, like uh, Judy was mentioning, this format tends to be very powerful and also allows to fit people's schedule. So you could do everything through the recordings in case the timing doesn't work. But we meet two hours a day for three consecutive days. So you're sort of in this energy bubble actually for the entire three days, uh, even though we're only uh, physically meeting on Zoom uh, for the two hours, uh, two or two and a half hours. So the first hour is the transmission. You know, we're working with the divine and your guides and the Arcturians in particular on these particular topics, which I'll kind of unpack in a second. And then the second uh, hour is usually um, more unpacking of the discussion, maybe practical tools or ideas or techniques. And then usually a meditative or energy uh, practice that allows us to kind of embody. And like I mentioned, is sort of having a practice that you do. Uh, continuously, and you know, um, I mentioned this idea of the habit, and sometimes it getting boring, but that's exactly when uh, the practice starts to, uh, you know, take root or take bite. Uh, but what you can do is usually maybe have two or three practices that you're rotating through the week. So in this way, you you still get that habitual training, but just similar to cross training and physical exercise. You know, the next day seems a little bit new or different because you're doing another practice in the third day, another one, and then you're back to, you know, uh, the cycle uh, back to your first practice. So, you know, you could use these three practices that we'll have here uh, that's generated out of these three days as an example. But uh, back to the actual topic for each of the uh, days of this particular uh, topic on the veils. Uh, so we first work with these outer veils you could say a uh, surface but they're probably more practical in the sense that we could identify with them uh, some of these are also uh relationship veils which uh you know the course in miracles also was a very uh, kind of expert at pointing out uh, that we use um, we can use relationships either to Uh, deepen the veil or sort of deepen our contraction but we can also uh, accelerate in a way that even meditation can't um, do uh, in terms of the uh, you know how quick it can do Uh, relationships are also the maybe fastest or one of the fastest ways to enter the awakened state you know sort of when we forgive uh, these veils forgive these contractions And, uh, you know, the Course kind of says we can save actually thousands or millions of years, which could be of uh, evolutionary time, which could be literal It also could be symbolic. So we go over some of these uh, veils, particularly on the relationship level. Then the inner veils is the second day. So here we're uh, maybe addressing some of the things that we talked about today, these uh, subconscious patterns that are on the energetic, emotional, mental level. Uh, maybe even karmic or um, uh, soul level. And uh, a lot of these have to do with maybe negative emotional states that I pointed out here in the right write-up, like a guilt or fear, uh, either towards ourself, which is maybe a reflection on a deep level towards God, love, source, or the divine. Uh, so we work on those uh, with the help of the Arcturians and your guides and the divine. And then finally, the third day is what I call secret veils to awakening. And so these are really, you know, patterns that are actually embedded in our chakras, our energy channels, you know, our centers. And like I was mentioning, more and more people at a general uh, consciousness level of society is becoming aware of the energy model and also the different um, ideas and also becoming quite adept at the technique level. So here we're really... Uh, taking it to the deepest level where these uh, patterns are actually embedded in our uh, energy body. So we clear those uh, with the help of the higher beings.
0: So those are the three days. Now, you you obviously probably have worked with these three stages, right, with your some of your clients?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, in, in, actually more with probably the, uh, group trainings, uh, because we're working more at this kind of deep level with, uh, a lot of, um, meditation and, uh, transmissions. Uh, so this is kind of like a deep work that, uh, in particular I've worked with, uh, at the kind of group training level for people who've done some of the more advanced Arcturian classes, uh, but also with, um, some individuals.
0: Okay so so what have been the results for the people who've come and and you know and, and attended the retreat and, and gone through these three stages
1: Yeah I think one of the things is that their healing capacity opens up because in some ways you know coming back a little to the course of Miracles statement that healing uh, really is the practitioner's capacity uh not to make a judgment or to be non-judgmental And, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, when I hear that, uh, it's like, um, yeah, I'm not being judgmental, but it's um, usually these subconscious uh, aspects, uh, particularly this first day on the outer veils. uh, I mentioned this non-judgment towards others. It sort of happens too quickly. For us to notice, uh, particularly if we've been working on ourselves, sometimes the fact that we're still holding a judgment in place about a person, um, even though uh, consciously or mentally we're telling ourselves that um, you know we're uh, we're in a non-judgmental state, it's only when we're pushed that we'll actually find, which is a great experience, that we're still holding these patterns of judgment. So I think a lot of times uh, people have actually uh, increased their healing capacity when they've worked on uh, sort of these veils. That's been my experience.
0: (laughs) Okay. Because we have a lot of healers in the jazz up community. So this Mm -hmm. could be very beneficial to them, to anyone, actually, really. Um, So, and is there anything else you'd like to share about those, those days, Gene? Yeah,
1: I think, you know, another effect is that, um, you know, we're just more normal. Uh, We're more, Uh, in our skin, so to speak, because when we don't have these, uh, uh, we're just sort of any experience we're very open to. uh, This is sort of the direction. Uh, In contrast, maybe we've been in that time or in an earlier time in our life where, you know, certain things were always triggering us, uh, you know, we felt very uncomfortable, hard to be around certain people, and therefore people in general or situations in general. So I think as the veils get thinner or are dissolved, we feel very much in our skin. We're able to be wherever we need to be. Uh, we're, we're fine if things are good. We're fine if things are bad or, you know, somewhere in between or even boring. So I think that's another one of the effects of, of this uh, dissolving of the veils.
0: Okay, great. And as uh, he usually does, this is those three days, those powerful three days, is only a $97 investment in yourself. So you're definitely worth it. (laughs) Give yourself a gift (laughs) and you will really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I really, oh, I can't say enough about it. It's really wonderful. So uh, do check that out. Check with yourself and see what, what you feel would be good for you. So, and then if you go down below, you will see some of his testimonials from some of his clients, um, every time the result has been excellent, and be reconnected by gene. It will change your life for the better. That's one person. The ultimate attitude adjustment, these healings are somehow aligning and nourishing my mind, body, and spirit. And another person says, my experiences with Dr. Hang were nothing less than miraculous. This is huge confirmation for me. I feel for the first time in my life that I am not alone. And then there's one from BL says, Oh, the reconnection healings with my family and I have had changed all our lives tremendously. And another person says, Radical changes are taking place in my life. And then there's another one about, a Dream Vacation Energized and Manifested. So everyone just, um, I highly, highly recommend this. What a great way to start the year by having these three days with Jean. Uh, you'll you'll love it. You'll get a lot of value from it. So, uh, okay. So Jean, is there anything else you would like to say about unveiling this with the Arcturians.
1: Yeah, I was just, you know, continuing this reflection because usually um as uh, a lot of the transmissions um that come through, particularly for the offerings uh, like on with the telesummits we've done, are sort of done by tuning into uh what would be most beneficial at the time and for maybe the people who might uh you know be drawn to it. And so uh you know, I think as, like, this energy models getting more in place, you know, getting more common, uh, are these deeper aspects of spirituality are also becoming much more relevant, you know, to work on. And the fact that, uh, like, like, for me, these are definitely part of my spiritual path, you know, current spiritual path, identifying and working with these veils. But to make this sort of uh, more publicly as an offering means that, Uh, You know, just as a global community or humanity is really coming to this point to discuss even, you know, what awakening is or that that's something relevant and important to people. Uh, You know, it's really, I guess, a a sign of the times that we're really accelerating um, on on the planet.
0: I'm glad you see that for the planet. Do you see good things ahead for the planet? Do the Arcturians see good things for the planet?
1: yeah you know it's always you know it's always tricky because um a lot of our difficulties you know we see a lot of difficulties in the outer world and we're you know on this conscious spiritual path there's a point where i think you recognize you know there's a lot of different wars a lot of different uh, people taking advantage of other people and you know we're also part of that mix and so kind of uh sometimes it can be very depressing to see that and then we also see you know like what we were just mentioning a lot of the positivity. And I think what we're really doing is uh, continuing to work on ourselves. And, of course, we're like a reflection, and quantum physics sort of, you know, um, points that out. But I think all spiritual traditions uh, thousands of years ago were saying, you know, what we do to ourselves is really we're a, re- a reflection. Our outer world is a reflection of ourselves. And so we, because we're so interconnected, as we're working on our own patterns, we help other people uh, both directly as well as indirectly help them work on their patterns uh, more quickly. And so I think it's it's always a positive. We can all take a positive light. And I think next year will be a great year to continue this process.
0: Yes, I do too. Very, very much so. And, and a great way to start it would be with Jean in January. So um, Jean, well, Thank you very very much. Oh yeah, I enjoyed this tremendously, and I so look forward to the classes in January. It's, um, yeah, I look forward to them. What can I say? <laughs> oh, yes. And <laughs> oh, and I still have that image, Dean, of you walking down the road with your suitcase. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll be a good a good laugh. something to put a smile on you on everyone's face. Oh
0: my gosh, it really did. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So nothing, laughter is the best medicine. So oh my gosh. So I look forward to unveiling, you know, getting things like and and I have to ask you too, James, with these classes. You know, this is opening us and getting rid of blocks and everything. Well could a person also like when we get the replays? We go through for on the spiritual level that we're awakening and and to that unity consciousness. Could a person then do it again, listening to the replays and saying, "I want this openness, this fear to leave, leave my 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 mind." Because, like, say, for instance, a person has been in a job for years and they want to get out, but they're scared to get out. Would this seminar also support them? Would those energies also, you could apply them to a a situation like that?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, I think um, our challenges and plus our goals and intentions, our deepest desires, our reflection, of the veils, you know, like I said, like this sabotage, you know, my, you know, kind of walking <laughs> out of the retreat right when the best <laughs> part's about to come, uh, you know, there is a, is a veil. So, um, you know, it's probably uh, most practical to actually take the goals that you're trying to achieve and to use this as a cycle. And what's nice about this as a program, uh, in terms of the MP3s, is you can do them again as a cycle to kind of deepen and maybe you have a new topic or intention that you're trying to manifest and, you know, you're trying to clear the obstacles to that.
0: Wonderful. Bravo. Yay. That will be great. So, all right. Wonderful. Jean, thank you so very much. Much love sending you a hug and a kiss. Thank you so very, very much for coming on the show today and everyone, thank you for being here and I know you absolutely enjoyed it, and I hope to see you in January. So until then, remember, spread the love. That that's what you are. I love you. We love you. We love you. I love you. you. Hey, hey, Thanks, everyone.